Welcome to the Placebo Magic Podcast, the podcast about theatrical spiritual practice for atheists. I'm your host, Durmak, the wizard and peasant lord of this vast 10-acre realm of Habdur, also known as Farm Code Gary, also known as Garrison Benson. Greetings, Placebo Mages. Today, introducing the concept of A-Leafs. But first, thank you to our newest Patreon backers, Angela, Cheryl, Lewis, Alconet, Alan, and Josie. And thank you to our patrons at the producer level or above, Alconet, Emily, Red Rum Soda Pop, Annie, Ash, Brianne, Dana, Dev, Fonka, Gune, Tony, Valerie, Winter, and Zoe. All right, so I hope everyone has been enjoying the holidays, whatever holidays you have been celebrating lately. And uh, like a lot of you, I've been a little busier this time of year and (laughs) didn't really plan um, enough time into my month, well, into the second half of the month to work on podcasting stuff. So this is going to be a little bit shorter episode, but this um, topic that I want to share about today has such a incredible utility. I really wish I had learned about this um, back before I started the podcast because it's something I would have been referring to all along and would have introduced in the first episode uh, if I had been aware of this. But I just learned about this fairly recently. And this is a concept called A-Leaf. And it's it's a term that was coined by a philosopher named Tamar Gendler from uh, Yale University. And it is still a relatively new term that is just starting to be used in psychology. Now, there's a video that you can watch from the Yale psychologist, Dr. Lori Santos, who um, you may remember, I recommended her podcast, The Happiness Lab. And she she explains this concept of A-leaf in the video, but I'm going to also you know give it my best shot here. So an A-leaf is in contrast to a B-leaf. And it, so it's it's kind of a play on words, A, B. Um, now, a B-leaf is something that you basically say that you believe or that you, that you claim to believe. Now, an A-leaf, on the other hand, is something that you act as if you believe or you respond, or, or I should say react as if you believe, but you don't necessarily believe or you may not even be aware of it. So um, here are some, some typical examples that show what this concept is. So you know, let's say that you are going to a blockbuster, you know, science fiction movie, and you're sitting there in the seat. And as you're watching the story unfold, your body is reacting to the story with happiness in some parts, with sadness in other parts, with tension and stress in other parts. But if I were to ask you in the middle of the movie, do you believe that this is real? Obviously, you would say no, there's no point at which the movie has actually convinced you that it's real in a, in a conscious level, but it has convinced you to react emotionally on a sort of subconscious automatic level. And so in that case, you are a leave that the story is real, but you don't believe the story is real. So you're, you're experiencing this kind of subconscious automatic reaction without ever changing your explicitly held beliefs. Similarly, um, with irrational fears, like let's say you you know you have a fear of heights, even in situations where it 
it doesn't make sense to be afraid. Like, um, my nephew recently was trying my, my um, brother's VR headset and my nephew was like, um, you know, feeling a lot of fear of heights in the, in VR. Of course, he doesn't believe that he actually could be in danger from falling off of a, you know, a high place in VR, but he still feels that fear and, and experiences that fear and reacts to it. So it, that would be classified as an A-leaf, the A-leaf that, you know, that those heights are dangerous. Um, likewise, we have what we call, you know, unconscious biases. So this would, you know, include like prejudices, racial biases, things like that, where you might believe that race is not um, something important to consider in your your hiring decisions if you're you know a hiring manager or whatever, but you might a leave differently. You may a a leave that certain races are more or less qualified for the position, and you may be totally unaware of that a leave. You know, an a leave could be something that you're aware of, or it could be something that you're not aware of. It could be, it could go either way. So you can be affected by A-leafs without ever knowing it. And that's one of the big, you know, issues with, with racial biases is that you can be biased and act on that bias without ever realizing it. Now, A-leafs can also be um, more positive things where you, you A-leave something good, that something is good for you, for instance, when you believe that it's not. And, you know, you might a leave that donuts are the most amazing thing in the world, while you might believe that donuts are your your worst enemy. And in that case, you probably are somewhat aware of your a leave that your you know your your cravings react to donuts as if they were good for you, but you don't actually believe that they're good for you, and you don't believe that they're going to make you feel good, but you a leave that they will. So. Let's talk about A-leafs in the context of magic. Now, on this podcast in the past, I have used other terminology here, like unconscious beliefs versus conscious beliefs or implicit beliefs versus explicit beliefs. But I think that the terms A-leaf and B-leaf are just so much more clear and concise. But it's the same, it's the same concept. Um, the idea that you, you know, you have things that you explicitly believe and then you have things that you're that are belief like, but not, but, but not explicitly believe. And that's what, that's what an A-leaf is. So as placebo mages, this is really core to what we're doing is that we're manipulating our own A-leafs without ever really needing to engage belief in the process. So if you're, you know, a placebo mage and you're casting a spell to create a force field that repels criticism from your boss, then you don't need to ever explicitly believe that that's going to work on a supernatural level. All you need is to A-leave that it will. And the A-leave is what, you know, helps you to create the the, um, instinctual reaction that you want. What you want is this sort of automatic reaction that when your boss criticizes you, you don't feel as affected by it as you normally would. And that doesn't really need to engage belief. However, the, the, the role that belief plays is in the suspension of disbelief. So what you can think think of disbelief as not the absence of belief, but as its own sort of active process. 
So disbelief is not just the absence of belief. It's the rejection of belief. It's an active rejection. So when you're doing magic, you have, you know, a few different options. You can believe it. You can disbelieve it, which is where you're kind of actively rejecting it in your consciousness. Or you can suspend disbelief, which is which is not either of those two options. Suspending disbelief basically means that your conscious criticizing mind just doesn't really get involved. So you're you're not explicitly agreeing with the with the sort of a leaf, nor are you explicitly disagreeing with it. You're just letting it be and not interfering with it. That's what suspension of disbelief is. It's not about temporarily believing. It's just about temporarily letting go, leaving it be, and not engaging that part of your brain. So going back to the example of, you know, watching a movie. When you're in the movie theater watching a movie, unless you're a very, um, you know, critical watcher, most of us, we just watch and we're not really like overanalyzing the plot and looking for plot holes and looking for logical inconsistencies while we watch a movie, because that's not what we're there for. It's not like we are encountering misinformation on Facebook where we're going to hopefully engage our our critical thinking skills. We're just trying to be entertained. And so we just let it go. And you can actually practice that when you're watching movies, reading books, reading comics, watching shows, um, playing games with stories. You can you can um, actually rehearse, like practice in the, you know, building a skill sense, your suspension of disbelief. And just when you encounter stories that do have, you know, logical absurdities or bad acting or bad special effects, practice suspension of disbelief, meaning practice not rejecting that story, practice letting it wash over you, even as your, you know, malarkey detector is going off, um, just, you know, suspend that, that whole system of your mind, that malarkey detector, and let the story affect you emotionally, even when you know that it's silly. And that that practice that you can build, not only will it make you enjoy stories more when you're not being a, you know, a, a critic all the time, it will also make your magic more effective because you won't constantly be tripping over yourself, um, getting in your own way. And you'll just let, you know, let the process work without this without having to constantly negotiate with your internal critic or with this, with these, you know, feelings of, oh, this is silly or, you know, this is, this is irrational or whatever. It's, it's not something that you can learn overnight, but with practice, not only do you, you know, practice, practice letting that kind of um, critical inner voice go and leaving it, you know, leaving it behind during ritual, as you, gain like successes under your belt, magically speaking, when you have rituals and spells and things that are helpful to you, then that will actually build kind of a little body of evidence in your mind that will help your internal critic to actually realize that this is a process that helps. It's meaningful. You know, your that part of your mind, that criticizing part of your mind or that malarkey detector or whatever, um, that's the part of your mind that's like setting goals. And, you know, that, that has like, you know, ethical values and things. So if you if you are able to prove to yourself that by pretending to be a wizard, you're actually supporting your own goals and values, then over time, suspension of disbelief will become easier because 
uh, your, you know, your, your more um, rational mind will understand that this is a, a rational thing to do. That irrationality is rational. Uh, ir- irrationality is is an essential part of a rational, you know, lifestyle. So to go back to the term alief here, I I think that this term is just so massively useful, and it's one of those things where um, just having a term clarifies your thinking, where it just it's just a such a, a clearer way of describing what's actually happening in placebo magic, where you're not you're not temporarily believing in something else, you're not you know going into this kind of postmodern post truth sort of chaos magic-y sort of thing where you're where you're just uh not going to really think too hard about what's true you still have your your beliefs and they don't really they don't really change during the course of a spell what you're what you're manipulating is your a leaves and so i think this term could be very helpful in um talking about your practice with, with other people because that's something that i know a lot of people in our placebo magic community have expressed a desire to do but also expressed trepidation about it or express difficulty in communicating um, just what exactly is going on. Because here in the Western world, especially in the kind of Abrahamic traditions or, you know, I mean, the cult, the cultures that are dominated by the Abrahamic traditions, we think of, tend to think of religion as being fundamentally about belief, which isn't really, um, doesn't really necessarily need to be the case. Religion can just be about, about practice. And so, um, it can, anyway, it can be hard to explain your spiritual practice and, and kind of communicate to people that you don't believe it, but you practice it. And so the, I think the term alief can really be essential here. Of course, it's not a widespread term, so you might will have to first explain what an alief is compared to a belief. But I think that compared to the terms I've used in the past, like unconscious beliefs versus conscious beliefs or what have you, I think that alief is just so much more concise and precise and just um i think it's much more much more useful to just quickly communicate where you're at in terms of your beliefs and in terms of your practices and if you're talking to somebody who is a skeptic you can much more quickly put their mind at ease about what you're actually doing and if you're talking to someone who is a a true believer in in the supernatural you can you know, more quickly, quickly clarify just where you're at. So you're not, I don't know, not accident, accidentally misleading them into thinking that, that you're on the same exact page as them, as far as that stuff goes. So I, I think this, this is really a great thing to have in your toolbox. And I, I suggest that you check out that video that I put in the show notes, um, that it's a very short video that gives you a very, um, easy to understand explanation of this. That is, is coming from a, a psychologist who's especially good at communicating, you know, to lay people. And, um, you know, if you did want to share about your magical practice with people who aren't familiar with placebo magic, um, sending them that video could be a great way to sort of launch that discussion where it's, you know, it's, it's, um, coming from a very, a very professional, uh, s- reputable source and they can kind of give give you a baseline of terminology that then you can start this conversation and say, well, I don't believe in the supernatural, but I believe in the supernatural. And that's what this is all about. So go ahead and check that video out. And I will also put a link to help you find where um, this term a leaf originally comes from in terms of what 
what um, academic papers and, and things like that were originally connected with it. And so you can kind of, if you're, if you're curious about that, you can get a sense for it. Like I said, it started in the world of philosophy and has, has spread to the world of psychology. So go ahead and check that out. I do think that this is something that you can just continue turning over in your head over time and find new areas of your life where this term is particularly helpful in in helping you clarify where your beliefs and aliefs diverge and help you to resolve the cognitive dissonance. As far as cognitive dissonance goes, you know, the term dissonance kind of um it's it's used in the, in in music to describe, you know, two pitches that are not very, you know, harmonious together. So the opposite of dissonant is consonant. And the most consonant musical interval would be what what they call unison, where you're playing the same note. But unison is not very musically interesting. It's more interesting to have harmonies where the notes are different, but they're consonant. And when we're thinking about, you know, the parts of your mind and how they interact together, your, your consciousness and your unconsciousness, your consciousness holds beliefs and your unconsciousness holds aliefs. You don't actually need it to be in unison. And I think that, first of all, I don't think it's necessarily possible to get them all synced up in unison because your unconscious mind just can't understand things in the same way that your conscious mind can. I don't, I don't think your unconsciousness can really grapple with complex abstractions and, and complex logic. But what you can do is resolve cognitive dissonance by moving toward harmony, where your A-leafs and your B-leafs are not going to be the same, but they're going to be working together toward, you know, a common goals. So your your A-leafs may involve, you know, <laughs> magic and, and, and fairies and spells and uh, gods and all kinds of crazy shenanigans. And your beliefs might be very scientific and, and rational and ethics based. And, you know, you might be a Jean-Luc Picard in your be beliefs, but you are using your A-leafs in service of those, you know, those values, whether that, that means your ethics or your, you know, trying to live in, in a sort of a, a, a scientifically grounded worldview that you can, you can actually use your, your supernatural A-leafs to actually help serve that goal. And I think that's more rational than not to do that. So that you're creating something that's even richer than unison, you're creating harmony. And that, that can be kind of like the sort of musical texture of your life, something a lot richer. So there's something to something to ponder on. So I wish you all a happy, healthy, and magical 2022. You can find the Placebo Magic Podcast and my poetry and other writing on the web at farmcodegary.com. Send your feedback to farmcodegary at protonmail.com and let me know if I can read your feedback on the show. Music is by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. You can support the show by giving us a review on your podcast app of choice, sharing an episode with a friend, or becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash placebomagic. Patreon supporters also gain access to our Patreon-exclusive bonus show. Remember, magic is a metaphor, and metaphor 
is magical.